Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Bridge the Gap, where we're balancing life through health, wealth, business, and relationships. Hi, welcome to the show. My name is Colton Cockrell, and with me, I have my lovely co-host, Miss Trisha Stetzel. Trisha, what is going on? Hey, everyone. Super excited to be here. This month, as a reminder, we're focused on health. And today we're going to talk about the misconceptions of working out and who better to have on the show to talk about working out than Phil Silvis, the owner and personal trainer for OTG Fitness. Hey, Phil, welcome to the show. What's up? Thanks for having me on. Man, we love having you, Phil. But before we jump in, we do got to give a shout out to our sponsor and today's sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Share McKinley Group LLC. So, Phil, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump in. Got a lot of questions for you. A lot of people, it's the new year. People probably have a ton of questions on how do I work out, or they might just be trying it and they're doing it the wrong way. So we want to make sure that we give some education on the proper way to do it. So first question, how many times per week do I need to work out? Um, we say, here's what we say at uh, OTG. We say that four days per week is ideal. And this is structured workout. And what I mean by structured workout means that you have a plan in place execute the plan and you're done. So we say four is ideal. Three is good. Two will get the job done. But that being said, little caveat, we want you to be active every day. That means four structured workouts, weightlifting, uh, something along those lines, but seven days a week, we do, we do want to be uh, generally active. So it's kind of a, kind of a two-part answer um, but that's what we believe is best because we're about more frequency over duration, meaning we want you doing something active um, pretty much every day. And so can you, can you kind of ex- expand on the, on active? What do you mean? Just like walking potentially yeah. or Go, going for a 30 minute walk outside, take your dogs for a walk, play basketball with the kids, um, run up and down your stairs. I don't know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just. You know, some people like to do a step goal. I think that that's really great. People use the big round number, 10,000 steps a day. Uh, I, I think that that's a, that's a great goal. So uh, it can be, yeah, a walk with the kids, walk with the dog, playing fetch with your dog outside, you know, uh, move, just moving around a little bit, not sitting all day. Even for some people, what can be really helpful too, one, instead of doing one long walk, like, oh man, I can't fit that on my schedule. Or maybe you can't even walk for, for 30 or 45 minutes without your knees hurting or your hips or something like that. Um, and personally, what I like to do is break my walks up throughout the day. So I go on multiple 10 minute walks outside. So you're outside in the sun um, every day. And a really good way to time that is just every time you eat, go for a walk. Because most people eat three, four times a day. If you eat, that's your trigger. I can't really snap that good. Maybe a little better. I don't know, but yeah, every you eat, that's your trigger to go for a 10 minute walk. And if you do that three times a day, that's 30 minutes of, of walking. So um, that, that's one really good way to get some activity in. I like it. So Phil, what I hear you saying is get your rump out of your chair Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and out from behind zoom, take yourself yep. outside get some sun in your eyeballs, right? And some vitamin D on your skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I know that that can, be, that can be hard for a lot of people who are working from home, right? Uh, so making it, a, making it a habit uh, is definitely important. So those three or four days a week where you're actually doing a regimented workout, how, how long are those workouts or how long should I be doing a workout for? 
So we like the 30 to 45 minute range. Um, a lot of people say an hour and that's totally fine. But the problem is finding an hour out of your day. And I've found working with hundreds, thousands of people at this point that working out at home is really good, but, and it, and it can be helpful, but getting away from home can also be super helpful. So we're more of fans of going to the gym or going to the park down the road and taking uh, some light dumbbells with you or something like that, getting out of the house. That way it changes your mindset from your place of family or even your place of work. People talk about having an office in their home. So it's like they only go to their office to work. Well, it's the same thing when it comes to your workouts. And the problem with having an hour long workout is once you take the time to go somewhere, work out, take the time to get back home, shower and everything. We could be talking about hour and a half or two hours, right? And now that's why it's so difficult. But if we shorten the workout to 30 to 45 minutes, 45 minutes being, you know, on the longer side, 30 minutes being kind of that minimum barrier to entry, hopefully um, we can get everything done and actually still fit it in our day. And we're also in general fans of frequency over duration, meaning that we'd rather you work out four days a week for 30 minutes than twice a week for an hour. The benefits are, are going to be much more substantial. And we're also going to actually build the habit. Uh, you probably know as good as anyone, you're not going to anything you do once or twice a week, you're not going to build the habit. We want exercise to be a regular part of your day. And exercise needs to be as normal as clocking into work. And until it is, you're going to have a difficult time. So we want to build that habit faster. And um, I guess one, one more note that um, something that I like to talk to people about that an analogy that can be really helpful, I guess, is let's say if it takes you 100 workouts to get into the groove and workouts to be easier, would you rather that take six weeks or six months? you know, get into the groove faster and yeah. uh, your benefits will be better. So then now let's talk about that exercise or that workout. What, what is the best exercise specifically people are trying to lose weight. Mm -hmm. So what are the best exercises that you've come across that you think would be very helpful to lose weight? So, um, when it comes to exercise, the most beneficial, the best bang for your buck is definitely going to be strength training. So we're using weights, we're using bands, we're using our body weight, and that is what's going to get us the most bang for our buck because we want to build muscle, um, which will later help us lose fat. And something that I really want everyone to understand, and I, I, I'm pretty straightforward with people when they come here to sign up and stuff like that. If you want to lose weight, you don't work out to lose weight. You work out, it's part of weight loss. But the weight loss itself is going to come more in the lines of your eating habits. You the main goal of exercise should be to get stronger, feel better, have more energy, and be more confident in yourself. That confidence will then bleed into having better eating habits because fitness is very exponential. And what I mean by that is when you start working out, you're going to automatically eat a little bit better. And when you eat better, you're going to feel better. When you feel better, you're going to work out more. And it's this constant exponential cycle up. So not to say that exercise doesn't help weight loss, because obviously it does. But don't make 
uh, weight loss, your main goal for going to the gym and working out. It, it should be to, to build muscle, gain confidence and feel better about yourself. And then we'll lose weight through, through eating habits. So that's just, that's just my belief. Um, and I've seen it work for a lot of people. Yeah. You can't outrun the fork, right? I lost almost a hundred pounds myself and uh, zero exercise, you know, other than just like normal daily, daily stuff that, that people do, but no structured exercise during my personal weight loss journey. So um, I'm really big on the diet side of things when it comes to the weight loss itself. Yeah. But, but working out, working out is important and top, like yeah. you said, from the feeling good aspect, from longevity, right. all that other stuff. So absolutely weight loss, yep. dieting, it, and it's how you, out. it's how you complete the circle. Yeah. You know, you complete like the that. circle with the exercise and then it's all, it's all compounds on top of each other, like compound interest. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Talking my language. All right. Yeah. See, I knew I could relate something in there. <laughs> so I, you talked about strength training and I know, and some people may not know this. So I'd like for you to talk a little bit about it. It's kind of a two-parter, but strength training is also important for aging people, yes. uh, people who are older. So let's talk a little bit more about aging folks and strength training, but also pepper in the cardio. Is there a place, Phil, for cardio in the workout? And where where does what role does that play? I would say uh, the strength is more important for the aging individual. Um, because the older that we get, the harder and harder it becomes to gain muscle at some point, you know, in the cycle, it becomes extremely difficult to gain muscle and our goals change actually from gaining muscle to maintaining the muscle that we have actually, you know, people that are getting into their 50s, 60s, 70s, is it possible to gain muscle? Of course. Is it hard? it's much harder than someone, um, you know, in their twenties or even thirties. So at, at some point the goals kind of change actually to just maintaining the muscle that you have and strength training is, is the only way that we can do that. And as far as cardio is concerned, there's always a place for cardio for heart health. Remember that our heart is a muscle, um, just like your biceps there, are, they're a different type of muscle for sure. Biceps are skeletal muscle. You know, it's, it's a different type of muscle, but at the same time, your heart still needs to be trained and you need to get that heart rate up, push that threshold, um, high as often as you comfortably can, obviously don't overdo it. Consult with your doctor before you, you know, do high, super, super high intense, um, you know, workouts that are really getting your heart rate up, especially if you're an older individual. Um, but there's always a good place for cardio and training the heart for sure. But strength training, uh, for the aging individuals, uh, exponentially important. You know, and, and adding to that, I actually know, uh, I don't want to say quite a few people, but a handful of people who actually believe that they don't, they don't do a lot of weight training. They think that cardio alone will help them lose weight. Can you kind of expound on that and, and the misconception of cardio over weight training? Yeah, I would say that's, that's probably a huge misconception and a big problem that people, um, believe that people have because, muscle tissue is what is going to help you lose weight and keep it off. Even more important than losing weight is keeping it off. Um, I don't have the like statistics right next to me, but off the top of my head, I, I want to say it's like over 91% of people that lose significant amounts of weight, significant mean 30 pounds or more. 91% of people that lose 30 pounds or more gain it back within three years. 
And that's probably because they just ate less and did more cardio. Now, if they would have been strength training, gaining muscle, that's how we technically, that's how we kind of raise the metabolism. Like it's deeper than that, but that's the easiest way to think about it in, in layman's terms, the way people think of metabolism, they're like, I want to be able to eat more without gaining fat. Mm-hmm. The way that you do that is add muscle mass. Muscle mass is active tissue, which requires calories just to maintain the muscle that you have. Mm-hmm. So the more muscle you have, the higher metabolism, the more calories you can consume without gaining weight. So if someone that lost significant amount of weight, 30 pounds or more, were to also be lifting weights and gaining muscle, then they could continue to consume more calories without gaining their weight back. So skipping the weight training, you might not feel it now, but three to five years from now, you're going to feel a difference because that weight's going to start creeping back on. Trisha, I, I think that's probably one of the most interesting things I heard today. So, so you're saying that the just having more muscle naturally is you're burning more calories or you need more calories to fuel that muscle. That's right. And so, and so that weight loss, that's just not like with, I've heard with cardio when you're running, is it true that when you're running, that's when you're burning all that, that, that fat. And then potentially when you stop, it stops. Whereas lifting weights that lasts for hours, the breaking down of muscle and the building back up and that's burning calories continually. Is that true? Yeah, there's something to be said about that. That's actually, it's called EPOC. Uh, it's an acronym. It stands for Excess Post-Exercise Oxygen Consumption, which is uh, EPOC, um, which is the effect of continuing to, to burn calories, consume oxygen for the time after you work out. Now, a hit cardio session, heart rate up and down, heart rate up and down, there is a, a small effect of, of EPOC there, um, but it, it's going to be even better on the weights for sure. The strength training part of it is going to get that epoch even higher. Oh, I love it. That's great. Right. So I have to get this out of my brain. Phil, while you were talking about that, uh, I was drawing a parallel to us Texans who have St. Augustine on our lawn, right? It's not about killing the weeds. It's about feeding the St. Augustine. (laughs) So the St. Augustine will be stronger. (laughs) (laughs) Phil's like, I'm not getting it at all. If yeah. Texans are listening to this and they've got St. Augustine grass, they will for sure. It really is about feeding, uh, feeding what you want to grow. Right. Um, sure. and that muscle, right. Is, is what's really going to help us lose that weight is what it sounds like. So what, what about belly fat? What's the best way to get rid of that stubborn belly fat? So we're going to go back to the diet a little bit. Uh, it's for sure in the diet side of things is how you're going to lose that. Obviously the exercise is going to help. And then when it comes to the way that you gain fat and lose fat, uh, unfortunately, there's a genetic piece to that. And so what I always try to ingrain into people's mind is over time, as you've been gaining weight, it's likely that your body grew and you gained weight in certain areas before other areas, right? So the body loses weight in the same fashion. It's all going to be proportioned. So there's no way for me to prescribe you something that says you're going to burn only belly fat, or you're going to burn only thigh fat, or you're going to burn only arm fat. Um, Unfortunately, that's not really a thing. You definitely can, uh, you know, exercise more in those areas and gain more muscle, which will help you shape those certain areas. But as far as losing fat from a certain area, uh, not necessarily possible. Unfortunately, the reality of the situation is that you're probably going to lose weight in the same way 
that you gained it. Phil just saved a lot of people a lot of money. Trisha, you want yeah, to take us out? Old. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hey, Phil, thanks so much for being with us today. We really appreciate your knowledge and sharing that with our listeners. And for our listeners, if you want to get in touch with Phil or you want some more information about OTG Fitness, please check out the show notes below. And tune in next week for another exciting episode of Bridge the Gap when we talk to Chelsea Ward about good sleep habits. Thanks again for tuning into this week's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with the most important people in your life. Colton Cocker with Sherman McKinley Group LLC is located at 820 South Friendswood Drive, Suite 207 Friendswood, Texas 77546, phone number 281-992-5698. Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through Next Financial Group, Inc. Member Fender Pacific. Sherman McKinley Group is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc.